Well, this is the first time we're using the Molo Studio. The uh, studio's sick. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome. Um, I'm like a little uncomfortable. I got my voice up or my mouth yeah, yeah. up against the the, the microphone <laughs> here, like a like a true podcaster. Um, <laughs> So yeah, everything's good. I'm glad you reached out. I know you're in Chicago for a few weeks and wanted to come see our office. I guess I'd, I'd turn it back to you. What what, what are your initial sure. response to the office? What do you office think? Office is, is amazing. I honestly, like, if I were living in Chicago, I'd be every day. I'd be like, even if I didn't work here, I'd be like, yo, can I just, like, rent a spot in this office just to hang out with everyone? It's definitely a really, really cool office from, like, the visual perspective. But you got all these people that are hanging out, having a good time. You could... You could you can sense like, sense like the good spirit that's going on. It's definitely a great place to be in. And, you know, I've been in a lot of brokerages, offices, visiting a lot. There's nothing like this anywhere. So it's it's quite remarkable. Definitely amazing place. I mean, if that's your feeling, if, you're, if your sentiment truly is you've been in a bunch of brokerage offices and there's none like this, then the office is doing exactly what we wanted it to do. Yeah. I mean, you can hear people in, you know, we're, in, we're, on, the, we're on our second floor in this kind of podcast studio that, that we created for, I guess, exactly conversations like this, but you can hear behind us a group of people hooting and hollering and roaring. Um, you know, it's Friday afternoon, uh, I guess, as we're recording this. And one of the things we were doing today was, you know, to raise money for charity. Um, these, these little kind of fake, um, Kentucky Derby races, yeah. um, where people can put in a couple bucks and, you know, I think half the money is going to charity and half is, goes to the winner or something like that and yeah. you hear people in the background cheering right now it's just it's cool fun. this is this is this is this is why we picked this office i mean this yeah. is the atmosphere that we want here totally. um high energy fast pace just fun yeah. um it, there is something just so rejuvenating about being back in the office as someone who has always been an office guy uh, covid obviously changed a lot of things including our physical presence in the office and all I can say is I missed this. Um, you know, we went to the we went back we came back to the office. Some of us before this new office had opened, and even so, there's just a different feeling here yeah. in our what is now our long term home. There's truly this um, you know palpable difference in, in in how I feel showing up every day, and it's exciting. It's yeah, exhilarating. I, I hate working from home. I mean, I, I do it because like I had no other choice. But like my dream is to have an office, like a cool office. I don't know. It just I feel like. Connecting with people that you work with just gives you a lot more energy. Uh, solving issues like right there on the on spot, so much different than working from home. At home, you could just hide behind like the laptop and no one even knows you're existing. It's uh, it's definitely very powerful. Uh, it's, it's amazing to be here, Andrew. And I'm actually curious about the podcast. I know you said you're starting a podcast, but I want to also hear if you listen. Do you listen to any podcasts? Yeah, so I'm not a great podcast listener. And I guess it's probably fair to say I'm not a I'm not a podcaster. Certainly not yet. You know, my my I would like to start a podcast. Yeah, I am interested in it because you know communication. I should say is both a strong suit and an area of opportunity to improve myself. Um, I'm not the best communicator day to day. However, what has historically been a strength of mine is. Uh, communicating to a broader audience and effectively communicating a message to people. And, um, you know, I kind of look at what I've been doing internally within our business. Uh, every few weeks, I host company-wide meetings um, that now are, are going out to 500, 600, 700 people at a time. Um, and I kind of think that a, something like a podcast could be a logical next step for me to reach a broader audience, to talk to our customer base more um, fluidly, to talk to 
um, you know, employees, potential prospect employees as well. Yeah. Um, and I think the challenge for me is coming into our larger organization now that we're part of in ArcBest, I need to be much more mindful and considerate of the overarching company strategy. Sure. Um, and as a publicly traded company, that's very different than kind of what I was accustomed to as is privately traded you know, Molo. Yeah. Um, and in all the right ways too. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just need to be, I need to learn some more, I think before that thing really gets meat under, under or get, gets going in the right direction, yeah. I think. Um, but it's something I'm eager about trying to figure out how to do the right way. Totally. Um, just having, con- you know, to me, it's just interesting to potentially have conversations with like, not even like-minded, but people who've been through similar things that I have um, in building a business and talking about some of the good, the bad, the ugly, and, yeah. and building a company, whether it's freight-related or not, is um, maybe not as much the focus for me as just kind of having fun conversations. Totally. I mean, I, I think it'd be like a top three, if not like the number one podcast for logistics. I think you have an interesting perspective. Uh, there's a podcast I listen to, My First Million, which is like, uh, it's actually a podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Network. Uh, it's Sam Purry and Sean, uh, Sam Parr and Sean Purry, and they like just talk about business and like unique businesses like in the industry, uh, in, the, in the landscape overall. Super fascinating stuff, and I think you bring a cool perspective to it. And this podcast studio, you can really blow it out the park. I think, I think our best should be completely like, you know, like all over it just because you have such a, you could have such a powerful influence. You already have like an influence, a strong influence on industry, but talking to people and hearing like what you have to say, like, like I recently got into podcasts and I know for a fact, if like you're interviewing people, I'd be, that'd be like a daily, like not a a weekly podcast I listen to. Uh, So, and I I think a lot of people feel that in the industry. So we're definitely looking forward to it. And I, whenever, when you wrote that on LinkedIn, I was all about it. Cause I'm, I think that's a very exciting, uh, you know, podcast for the industry and for everyone else that's not in the industry that wants to learn more. Uh, that's cool. So w- what else is new, Andrew? I mean, we talked a few months ago. What's going on here? Yeah. So, well, thanks. First of all, you know, with respect to the podcast, you know, just to be clear, it's not like it's something that ArcBest isn't excited about. It's more about, you know, how do I create something that's got tangible value, long lasting value, um, that makes sense over time. And, you know, me, I'm a very action-oriented individual that I learned from my executive coach, actually. Um, I guess there's three kind of ways you can approach um, situations that occur in your life. Um, Some people are thought-oriented, some are action-oriented, some are feelings-oriented, and that's kind of the first, um, what does your gut kind of do when something takes place? Um, Some people, they, they get in their head and they start thinking a lot about like what are the various things that we should be considering before taking action. Yeah. Um, others are go right to their kind of feelings, like how does this make me feel, and and mm-hmm. that's kind of what gets in touch with first. Yeah. And then kind of lastly is action oriented, where um, it's it's more instinctual and you just respond or react. Yeah. Now I am action oriented, so for me when I see something or I have an idea, I just go to act. I want to go do something and sure. and, and take the next step, um, which is why you know I said publicly, okay, I want to start, I'm going to start a podcast and hold myself accountable to it. Yeah. Uh, that's the action-oriented behavior there. What wasn't as thought-oriented, it was, you know, well, who, what is the impact if I were to start something like this? And how, how does this not just impact myself, but my my team that I'm responsible for, the overarching company that I'm a part of, the investor base that that is interested in, in our business. There's just yeah. so many different things that need to be considered. So I think that's kind of 
you know, when you ask what's new in my life, you know, it's, it's um, there's a lot of good things going on, a lot of really good things going on with Molo becoming a part of Arc Best. Um, me personally, my life has changed a lot in terms of um, just my day to day. And it's, it's a really good thing to be able to take on new opportunities and challenges and try to figure out how to get navigate through them. Um, and, and that's kind of been a big thing for me in, in the last uh, few months is going from being a part of just a, a, a company of, say, 500, 600 people that you are largely responsible for all the decision-making around to being a part of a much larger organization that you play a part of and understanding how your part affects and impacts all the other um, parts of the, the, the team um, and then, you know, making really smart decisions to put the overarching group in the best position to be successful. Um, and that's that's been a change of pace, but something that is really kind of fun to, to dive into and try to figure out how to navigate effectively. Um, so, yeah, you know, we've spent most of the last, uh, let's see, it's August 19th. 19th. Yeah. So, you know, I think the, the MOLA officially became part of ArcBest November 1st. So that's the better part of nine and a half months now working through the integration. Um, a lot of that has been tech driven um, in terms of getting everybody in one system. And I think our team has done a really good job of navigating those challenges. Um, when you bring two companies together, it's so hard in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine because everyone is used to just doing things a certain way. Sure. And then you take these two groups and you say, hey, go work together to figure out the new way. And the new way is not necessarily one particular person or company's old way. It's just it's just got to be the new way. And, and that's like the hard part is sitting down as a group and saying in each area of our business, what does the new way look like? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the beauty or the, the benefit that we have between Molo and ArcBest combined is our values are very aligned. Like both of our organizations recognize that at the end of the day, our people are what drives our success. They are the heart of our success. And we need to put them in the best possible position to be successful if we want to make sure that the carriers and customers we partner with will also be successful. Um, And when that is kind of your North Star, um, our best vision is we'll find a way. Right. And for Molo, I don't know that we ever did a good job of writing our vision down on paper. In fact, I don't think we did. Um, but what I, what I know our kind of vision has always been is we want to create the best experience in the industry, uh, first and foremost for our people, second for the drivers and shippers we partner with. And the reason it's in that order is because um, I believe more than anything, it's my job, our job as an organization to put our people in the best position to be successful, to give them the resources they need, the technology, the tools, the education to do their jobs effectively. The happier we can make our people in a service-oriented business, in a service business where your people create an experience for your customer, the happier your people are, the happier your customers should be. That's logic in my mind. Um, a plus B equals C. If 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 the people drive the experience that the carriers and customers have, think of it you know, very basically. If those people are unhappy every day at work versus if they're happy every day at work, what do we think the two different outcomes are going to be in terms of what the carriers and customers get for their experience? Like I think in a lot of ways we've simplified – much of our approach in terms of at least how we think about it and 
by simplifying things, it makes it easier to make smart decisions. So a lot of the times is, you know, we've been going through the integration and thinking through what should the new way be, what should the new normal be for our team, and whether it's how we communicate, whether it's via, you know, via Slack or it's how do we communicate from the top down? You know, if we have a if we have a new message to tell the team about a change taking place or a new division we're starting, what should that communication look like? You have to literally think about every single thing because everyone is used to something. Everyone is used to their way of doing business, mm-hmm. um, and that has changed, or, or it, it should change if we want to be a really effective integrated logistics organization, we all got to get on the same page. And that may be a change for you in one segment. It may be a change for me in another segment. Um, But where you would typically run into issues, I think, is if both companies were not coming from a similar perspective or a similar place in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. The the real benefit, again, to me, or what has made this a little easier is the fact that we both want the same thing. Like we want to create a powerhouse logistics organization that takes care of customers better than anybody else in our industry. And when you start there, um, it makes it a lot easier to make other decisions around like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Does that make sense? No, totally. Yeah. I mean, you're on on the way. I mean, you already have a super, super powerhouse logistics. Um, That's just cool to to talk about. And thanks again for having me here. Uh, This is great. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Andrew, what kind of topics are you following in the logistics space right now that like are interesting to you? Do you like, do you read the news often or do you like, are you interested by uh, certain technologies that are being created or are you, do you think most of it is kind of like BS? (laughs) Interesting question. (laughs) So I, I definitely keep an ear to the ground on what I'm seeing in this space there is a lot of money being invested into our industry. And I think the goal behind a lot of that money is to innovate and to improve a lot of the issues that exist today. I think that some of these issues that exist can be fixed with the right technology um, and and others can't. Um, And I think there are areas in the visibility sector in terms of getting the customer uh, the shipper, the information they need about when a load is going to be, where it's going to be. Um, I think we've seen a lot of improvement in that over the recent years. Um, I think on the TMS side of things, I don't think we've seen anything drastically different over the last few years. I think there's been um, an enablement for improvement. You know, I think that a lot of the, you know, from the brokerage perspective, what I've seen um, internally, Molo came from a place of hardly any technology day one. Uh, How was it day one? What, you, what were well, you I wasn't there day one, um, but I, I've you know my team that was you know Matt Bogrich, Will Jenkins, Stephen Mathis, you know these guys, and and you know the folks that came on early from there, the Blake McClymans of the world, the the um, Emily Maddens, you know the Kevin Berdinis. There's there's a lot of people who started here when we had nothing really. I mean, you know this room we're sitting in is is barely bigger than our first office. Okay. Um, to the point where our, you know, when we did, when we had private meetings that were held in a hallway where everyone could basically hear, uh, interviews were held. You know, we were in the second story of um, a, a building in River North, and the first floor was an Irish pub, basically, <laughs> it was a restaurant and bar. 
uh, I did a lot of interviews down, you know, on two o'clock, I'd have a two o'clock on Thursday afternoon interview. And I would literally just go downstairs to this <laughs> empty bar restaurant yeah. and sit down and interview someone there. I mean, like, that's kind of our, our beginnings of where we came from fairly, uh, for our team, it was very humble beginnings. And that like, we didn't go out and start with a hundred million dollars invested to, to build our own technology or, yeah. uh, do anything like that. Um, so our team was kind of built on grit and, over time, you know, we partnered with my, my dad's company, actually, Mastery, yeah. um, for them to build out our TMS mastermind. Um, and then, you know, becoming a part of ArcBest has been a huge leg up in terms of what we can do technologically. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be able to meet our customers in whatever channel they want to meet us in, right? So if they tell us they want to interact digitally, we want to interact digitally. If they want to you know, if they want to fax us loads, then like we'll go get a fax machine again, like it's 2002, and mm-hmm. we'll set up a fax machine so they can fax us the orders. I, I don't care. I, you know, my perspective, our perspective historically has been it's kind of not our job to tell the customer how to engage and run their business. If they want our advice and if they want us to consult for them and give them that, I'm happy to do it day in and day out. You know, one of the part of the beauty of building a business like this is you get exposed to thousands and thousands of examples, good, bad, uh, great, whatever, um, that tell you how to do things one way, how to do things the other. And in some cases, one way is much more beneficial than, than, than the other. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm kind of rambling here, but, um, my point in all this is at one point, Molo technology was, was a, a challenge for us. It was an inhibitor to our success. It has now become very much a, a driver of the success. It, it's enabling our people to be more efficient. It's enabling our people to be more strategic and consultative and spend their time doing the right things and consulting for their customer in the way they should be rather than doing more remedial tasks that, that, um, a, a computer can do for you. So sure. like that to me is, is how I think about some of the tech advancements is, um, putting ourselves as, as an organization in a position to service our customers, however they want to be serviced. Yeah. Um, and in some cases that's as simple as asking them, uh, and then building whatever it is they need. Uh, I think there's a lot that we can do at our best that our competitors can't. Um, simply because of uh, the resources we have financially, we're 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 in a very strong position to build out what we need to build out to keep our customers happy. So you know, to answer your question, because I just kind of went very around whatever. Um, I do pay attention to what's going on in our industry, and to get personal for a second, you know, I'm a very competitive person, like problematically so, probably. Uh, to the point where I've recognized a fault in how I maybe publicly present myself because I'm sometimes challenging things our competitors are doing. And I think that's the competitiveness in me that like comes out in, in a, in a, a kind of, you know, I'm going to say the word asshole, but like kind of an assholeish way of, um, you know, calling people on things that I don't think are legitimate or, or a lot of those or, press releases are paid for, you know, like, yeah, you know, you see that, but I, my my point though, and what I'm alluding to is like I, I want to be, you know, our industry is is a very difficult one to succeed in. Uh, it takes a lot of hard work, um, and there are a lot of really good people trying to build great companies to to kind of fix some of these challenges that exist in our space. I think some of those solutions that are being created are actually solving problems, and I think that others are not. Um, and I think in the long run, we'll see through true results. Um, and by results, I'm not talking about revenue growth. I'm talking about um, 
sustainably built partnerships where shippers look at what a, a provider is giving to them and thinks this is what I want in the long run. Um, like that's kind of how I think about our role is in, in this space, you know, from, from the Molo perspective, from, from the overarching ArcBest perspective is I want a customer to look at us and think I need to have that. Um, I need that in my network. That group of people elevates what I'm doing today. That is how, how I think we want to be seen in the space by, by, you know, the shippers and the carriers that we partner with. So, um, Probably gonna be last question here, Andrew. I'm gonna wrap it up a little, little bit. But wondering if you could give me some perspective from your dad's angle. Uh, your dad, Jeff, starting American Backhaulers, then getting acquired by C.H. Robinson. How would you say, like, are the differences in building a company back then, like in terms of difficulty and, like, what are the challenges now that maybe weren't back then, and vice versa? Uh, could you do you know that? Do you, could you give us some insights into that? Yeah, it's definitely harder now than it was back then. And I know that because if I say that, it means that we did it better than my dad did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm completely joking. I, I mean, for one, the answer is no. I can't really compare. Um, you know, American Backhaulers was, was, was founded, I think, in 1984. Um, I was born in 1990. So uh, it was acquired by Robinson in 1999. So I think I was nine at the time. I didn't know. I don't know what they did. I, I just wasn't there for it. You know, my dad's told me stories. I've heard plenty of good ones. I know that America Backhaulers was a really awesome company and, uh, 1999. So, you know, 23 years later, um, there are a lot of, you know, one that, that there are a lot of great people that still work at Robinson today who, who look back on those days and think like that was a really great company and they're happy where they are now and they've built them, you know, they've helped build that Robinson into the yeah. behemoth that it is, a great company. Um, and then I, I also think that there's kind of this spider web of companies that has, have, has spawned out of American backhaulers like Origin. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing too, to see the impact that Paul Loeb, that my dad, the Danny Zamos of the world have had. Um, on this industry. And, you know, Coyote obviously came out of that command, came out of that. There are a bunch of other companies as well that did. And now, you know, Molo, you know, I, I, you know, we came out of um, what we learned and where we came from. So I, I don't know what was harder. I know that it's a lot more competitive today than it was 20, 25 years ago. There's thousands and thousands, 50, I think, thousand is the number that we talk about now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just... The answer is it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's much harder, I think, to differentiate today. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I'm really happy with what we've built. I'm really happy with the people who have given this place everything they have to create this. It's really cool to see that people are still as bought in five years later as, as they were when, you know, Matt Bogrich and Stefan and Will moved that first load on July 5th, 2017. Like to, to mm-hmm. see that now. We have so many people bought into doing things the way we, we ask. It's, it's, it's a really cool thing. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm happy to be a part of it. And I'm really happy that, you know, we've now, you know, this office we're sitting in, we're going to be here for at least the next decade. Um, it's amazing. You know, that's, that's cool. Like I, I've just, we, I've never made a commitment like that in my life. You I think our lease is 13 years, honestly, but wow. you know, at least a decade, that's, yeah. that's a home. 
that yeah. that's a home. I'll be stopping right? by here. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome to stop by whenever <laughs> you want. And, you know, I just, I'd love to like rent out like a part of it, like the freak caviar place. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're allowed to do that. But, you know, we, if if you get to a point where freak caviar needs an like you know has the need for that, we can certainly you know talk about it. I might get told that's not an option, but maybe we'll see. Uh, well, Andrew, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up? No, you know, I I would just say to your audience who, as I think about that, is largely existing industry professionals probably. I think that's yeah. the audience you've mostly tapped into with a really good kind of comedic flair to it. Um, we're hiring, you know, for one. <laughs> you know, I think that's an important message. Our, our office here in Chicago, it currently has 536 desks, but it has room for 900. You know, this is a commitment we've made to give our people the best in-office environment in the industry. And we do that because we think that's an important part of the recipe for success for us. Again, you know, every decision we make, we, we want to be thinking about what puts our people in the best position to, to win and be successful, uh, whether it's office-related, remote policy-related, um, whatever it is, you know, our, our thoughts come back to how do we put our people in the best position to win. So, you know, if there are people out there who are looking at their current team and thinking this things aren't great, you know, I, I welcome you to come check out what we're doing. Our growth has been uh, very strong for since we started, and and all that does is create additional opportunity for all the people who uh, who join us. So, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic about where we are. I'm even more happy with where we're going to go down the road, and um, continue on to build this group as strong as we can. Oh. It's definitely the nicest office I've been to in logistics. And even, like, I've been to the Uber office, and it wasn't like this. So this is great. Good stuff, Andrew. Thank Appreciate you, sir. It. Appreciate you coming yeah. on. Definitely. Thank All you. Right. See ya.